0: You know, we find a reason to care about every football game. And there was a reason to care about last night's Thursday night football game, despite the fact that we watched IU throttle, kind of, Wright State instead. And that was because the Bengals, with a loss, would fall into a tie with the Colts for the wild card. Look, we're 10 games in. We got seven left, right, in this season. There's a long way to go. A lot of hay to load into the barn. No question about that, but that loss last night for the Bengals and the Joe Burrow injury could be a heavy determining factor as to what the Colts were able to do in January. This is a team, and we'll talk about it, that's got a legit shot at a wild card. What do they need to do? That's what we'll talk about. Indiana last night, they beat Wright State, but the thing wasn't the win, and the thing is never the win in these games, whether it's against Florida Gulf Coast Army or right State. This was a nine-point win against a terrible defensive team. But we saw things that might lead us to believe that Indiana could be a little bit better than we thought they might be when they played Florida Gulf Coast and Army. We'll talk about those. We'll talk about Carissa Thompson. Carissa Thompson, a sideline reporter, uh, yesterday talked about faking sideline reports. When coaches aren't available to talk at halftime, the sideline reporter got to say something, and so she did. And so she said things like, you know, we got to be better on third down, we've got to be better in, in terms of ball security, the obvious takeaways from the first half, which is usually all the coaches share anyway. Do we care about this? Is this a, an important thing? Is, is accuracy important from a sideline reporter? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, IU football. Tomorrow, they got Michigan State. And then basketball, again, Sunday in New York City against UConn. It's a big weekend in sports, huge weekend. This is Breakfast with Kent for Friday, November 17th, 2023, brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Today's Dentistry. You got to take care of your teeth. Dental health is absolutely linked to cardiac health. You want a healthy heart? You start with the teeth. Call Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best dentist I've ever gone to, my only dentist the last 30 years. 317-849-2933 is the number. Make sure and subscribe. See the prize eggs back here? The three prize eggs? We're going to give the contents of each of those away next week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, but you've got to be a subscriber to this channel and to Two Big Brains. Did it Two Big Brains yesterday. It was awesome. And you gotta send me a DM on X, IG, or Facebook because I gotta have a way to get a hold of you should you win. I gotta get your address so we can ship you what you have won. And these are fun prizes. And we did win an auction a couple of days ago. And the con- it's a mystery box, but in the 75, it's a series of 75 autographed jerseys. Eleven of them are either Colts or former Colts. So, we got that going for us. Hopefully, we pull a Colts jersey and not like another Baker Mayfield, especially the week that we play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield, for goodness sake. All right. Want to make a donation? Make a donation and like the video. It's a polite thing to do. If you can't make a donation, you can at least like the video. Certainly do that. And watch Two Big Brains because it was superb. Dan Dokuch and I chopping it up. It's as much fun as I can have. The Bengals lost last night, and what does that mean? So the Bengals dropped to 5-5. Five and five. Among the four teams tied at 5-5, five and five, look at this. The Colts win the tiebreaker. Seven games left. So, again, no time to pop the champagne. All right? But among those four teams, the Colts have the best record against AFC opponents. That's pretty good, which means that of the seven games they got left, if they have to lose two, if they have to go five and two, you know what? Losses against the Bucks and the Falcons, they are easier to survive and move forward into the playoffs in January than would be losses against AFC opponents. You don't want to lose that tiebreaker because it's going to come down to tiebreakers. You've got teams really bunched up in the AFC. What do the Colts need to do in order to get to the playoffs? Minshew's got to play clean. We say it every day. You know why we say it every day? Because it's just that important. It is absolutely critical that the Colts do not turn the football over. Now, that means that Minshew's got to play clean, but everybody else does too. We know that. You can't have fumbles by anybody. Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss, Michael Pittman Jr., Alec Pierce, Josh Downs. None of those guys can fumble the football or you've got big trouble. But the person most likely... Historically, to put the ball on the ground or throw it to the other team, that's Gardner Minshew. He has got to be prudent with the football, not too aggressive, which means you really need a lead. And to get a lead, you need Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss to tote the rock explosively. You have got to go, you got to steal points. A 60 yard touchdown is the kind of point stealing the Colts need. Get out in space and run the ball to pay dirt, and with that lead, then instead of Gardner Minshew trying to make a play, you got Gardner Minshew avoiding making a bad play. That's the Gardner Minshew you need in order to win football games coming down the stretch. These seven games are huge. A lot of teams still alive in the wild card. Uh, you've got to, uh, I hate to say this, but you've got to move on from Shaq Leonard. Unless somehow over this bye week he he like enjoys some kind of resurgence and, and becomes the Shaq that he was in 2018 through 2021, you got to move on. Like he just at the level he's been playing, you, you can't sustain your defensive excellence with him playing like that. You just can't, and so you got to move on again. Unless, all of a sudden, like, the nerves reconnect and the guy's a whole person again and is not uh, reluctant to engage in heavy contact. you got to go hit people. Football is a contact sport. If you don't want contact, if you're thinking, hey, i got to be careful the way I hit people, it's really hard to play linebacker effectively in the NFL. you got to put pressure on the quarterback. Pressure must be applied to the quarterback, not just in terms of sacks, which the Colts have been good at. Like, they're in the top 10 in sacks. I think they're tied for fourth in sacks. That's really good. But what you've got to do is you've got to speed up the clock of the quarterback. You've got to get the quarterback rattled, not being allowed to sit in the pocket and deliver the ball in rhythm to receivers when they come open. You've got to get them thinking about something else, and that work starts against Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield can move a little bit. Baker Mayfield is like a slightly bigger armed version of Gardner Minshew and more uh, fleet of foot. You got to hem him in. You've got to have, maybe you have a spy. You got to do something to make sure that that guy doesn't beat you with his legs or with his arm. Mess with his timing and keep him in the pocket. And you got a shot to beat uh, Baker Mayfield. They got good wide receivers. The Bucks do. We'll talk about that all next week. But they got good receivers, and those cornerbacks are going to have to play their asses off, whether it's DJ Baker or Juju Brents, uh, Jalen Jones, we would assume. If Brents can get healthy, this team all of a sudden on the defensive side of the ball, pretty damn healthy, and that's a good thing. Stewart coming back from the suspension to play against the Bengals, that's a good thing. The offense as it sits right now? pretty healthy. You don't have Richardson, and you don't have Jelani Woods, but you've got everybody else playing at a relatively high level. That is a good thing. This is a team that is primed to win more than they lose down the stretch against opponents who are great. Let's face it, the only opponent that you were really thinking, well, how are we going to beat this team, was at Cincinnati. With Burrow hurt, that wrist hurt, that's a big deal. That changes that team at a core level. Their DNA changes when Joe Burrow can't play. So now you've got really the one opponent where you're like, hey, they're better than us. They're better than us now. Not with Joe Burrow on the shelf. Let's talk about Indiana basketball. Last night they get over on Wright State. They beat them 89-80. First half. Like, I, I'm yelling at the TV, like always, and I'm yelling at Mike Woodson to keep the second unit in there, because the second unit unit plays harder than the first. Second half, McKenzie and Baco showed a little something. He showed that he's willing to play hard. And, and I, I think sometimes it's a misnomer that we, we just don't understand what's going on in the mind of a guy. When you're thinking about basketball, you're not working at basketball. When you're thinking at basketball, you're not competing. He's thinking at basketball. He's trying to figure out what he's supposed to do prior to doing it, and that thinking is causing a delay in his response. So he looks like he's just kind of lost out there. He's just unsure of what he's doing, I believe. I'm going to give him that benefit of the doubt. Last night in the second half, he looked a little more willing to play really hard. Malik Renou looked really good. Malik Renew is a guy who you got to take away his left hand. Uh, this is not going to be lost on Hurley with, with UConn. Danny Hurley is going to understand you need to take away Malik Renu's left hand, and they're going to take it away. They tried last night. Uh, Nagy with Wright State tried to do that. didn't always work. Khalel Ware is a guy who can go get you like he did last night, 22 and 12. He should against short teams. There aren't going to be a lot of guys who have the height to compete with Kalil Ware and the athleticism. I thought he was good last night, but Renew and then uh, Kalil, and then you you saw in Mbaco, you saw kind of like, "Ah, maybe we stick with this guy a little bit. Xavier Johnson drives me a little bit crazy. Uh, I'm not, even after all these years of playing college basketball, he makes bizarre decisions, and uh, there's a lot of grousing. Eh. What are you going to do? Um, I, I want people to be held accountable. Last night, it seemed like Mike Woodson fell back into kind of his rhythm uh, of putting together a rotation and sticking with it come hell or high water, and, and I wish he wasn't doing that. He did play uh, C.J. Gunn a little bit more, and he did play Tamar Bates a little bit more. All right, that's not entirely bad. I suppose Renew 16-8-5 last night. The five assists, he looks like he's got a feel for the game. That was good. Not a bunch of turnovers, not a bunch of fouls. It was mostly really, really good, Malik Renu, last night. Showed us something. The bad, the free throw shooting was atrocious. At one point, they were like 13 of 23. They finished 20 of 32. Um, you know, ugly three-point shooting, three of 16. You can't win. College basketball games hitting three three-pointers. That you just can't. You got to make shots, and that's in Baco, right? If IU loses to UConn, you play the loser of Louisville and Texas. If that winds up being Louisville, you cannot lose to Louisville. That would be catastrophic for Indiana. You need to come out of this with a split, one way or the other. You need to go one and one in this uh, this little shake, uh, this dust up in, in New York City. IU Michigan State noon tomorrow on BTN. Hoosiers, a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. That doesn't happen every day. That says more about Michigan State than it does about Indiana. If you are a dog against the Hoosiers, you had better check yourself before you wreck yourself. (laughs) You better figure out what the hell's wrong with your team. Three-and-a-half-point favorite. These are... Odd circumstances for the Hoosiers. Good for them. Last night, like I mentioned, Ravens beat the Bengals 34-20. Burrow, he injured his wrist. The Ravens, they lose Mark Andrews. You don't root for people to get injured, but if they do, you'd be an idiot not to understand and, and kind of celebrate the potential impact that has on your team's chances to go to the playoffs. You'd just be stupid to not say, hey, this is good for us. We don't. We want everybody to be healthy. We don't root for anybody to get hurt. But when they do, we understand the positive effect that can have on the Colts. Stupid not to. Harbaugh accepted his three-game rip. It's funny what the prospect of taking an oath in a court of law will do to motivate a guy to say, you know what, I'm good. Harbaugh was never going to testify in that hearing. Oh, I'm going to talk Friday. Really? I don't think so. We know what the score is. What the hell? What are we, children? Of course he knew what was going on. Of course we do. Connor Stallion's like he's some rogue operator. He's G. Gordon Liddy within the, within the Michigan football staff. Are you kidding me? Are, are we morons? Come on. Pat McAfee has got to be better than that. Uh, Carissa Thompson admitted she's completely made up sideline reports. I don't care. The coaches don't tell you shit anyway. It doesn't make any difference. The coaches coming out of halftime, they're not gonna say, look, we're gonna run the ball to the right side because their weak side linebacker sucks. And, and we're gonna exploit that. They don't say that. They say we gotta be better on third down. We've gotta protect the football. We have to avoid making mistakes that could turn the tide against us. That's what they all say. Carissa Thompson doesn't need a coach to tell her that. Doesn't bother me in the least. Uh, And Texans linebacker Denzel Perryman, his suspension was reduced to two games. He habitually lowers his head, hits with the crown of his helmet, and hurts people. And that the NFL doesn't like, so they suspended him three games, they reduced it to two. Why? I don't know. I guess the guy appealed, and the appeal was successful. There you go. Let's celebrate some birthdays on this Friday Little bit rainy out there, then it's going to get cold. This is when the weather turns and we don't like it. Uh, Craig Atkins, happy birthday. David Carrillo, happy birthday. The great Butch Waugh, celebrating a birthday. Josh Malkack, celebrating a birthday. John Nichols, Keith Johnson, Randy Willis, Tony Speziale, celebrating a birthday. Kelly Merver Jenkins, the great Paul Lee, celebrating a birthday. Karen Anson Lickierdello, we enjoy saying that name every single November 17th, and Andrew Gardner, happy birthday. Uh, Karen Anson Lickierdello, of course, the sister of the great Nick Anson, the president of the Lake Bluff Junior High Class of 1976. We know all about Lake Bluff-related trivia. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else that's best done with an honest and specific compliment. We got the radio show. uh, Lift each other, right? Be nice to each other. Make eye contact with each other. Let people know you know they exist. Sometimes that makes somebody's day. Radio show in about three minutes on WGCLradio.com. Click to listen. That's all you got to do. We're going to talk about IU a lot. IU soccer winners last night. Against Lipscomb, 2-1. And uh, a little later today, you are going to hear from Quiddy Pay on this channel and inside Indiana Sports. Uh, Now, we'll talk sports. It's what we do.